We're standing in a swamp. It's December 31st, northern Florida, along the Forgotten Coast, which is the Gulf of Mexico coast. But on down from Panama City is quite a ways in the area that just nobody ever goes. We're standing in a swamp. We are surrounded by short cypress trees. They're everywhere. They're just, it's just a tangle of short cypress trees. The water right at the moment is oh, six inches to a foot deep. It's the middle of winter, so the mosquitoes aren't bad, but where we're standing, you can see as all the grass is flattened by the alligators, which are around here somewhere, you don't know. Snakes don't seem to be that much of a, of a problem, but as far as the eye can see from where you are standing, there are pine trees, and there are cypress trees, and there is swamp. And this is where some preppers think they're going to come to survive. This and many other places like it are the quote-unquote woods. The swamp we're standing in at the moment, Spice and I were actually at a couple days ago. This place is called Tate's Hell. And it's just one of the many places that preppers think they're going to go to survive. Not all preppers, certainly, but some preppers think we'll go to the woods if the stuff hits the fan. And Spice and I are here to tell you that uh, maybe if you, that's part of your plan, you might want to rethink it a bit. And we've got some, we've got some observations about it from people who actually do go into the quote-unquote woods a lot from people who own property that is basically nothing but, quote-unquote, the woods. A lot of people, I think, are under the misunderstanding that they can go to the woods and survive. And uh, we're here to talk about that a little bit. Obviously, Tate's Hell is the woods. Tate's Hell is the type of place that, you know, people... People might, I mean, people used to go into to survive. And frankly, I don't want any part of that. So, comment. So, why'd they call it Tate's Hell, Salty? Well, see, there's this guy named Tate. I'll let you tell the story. You know it better. <laughs> All right. So, a, a guy named Tate who lived on the border of this territory went out with a couple of his dogs to go hunting in Tate's Hell because they've got bear in there. Uh, they've got alligator. I suspect they have deer because there used to be a whole lot of deer. I, I saw deer tracks, so I'm, not, I'm sure they do. Now, whether they did then or not, I don't know, but I know they do now because I saw some deer tracks. There were a whole lot of deer in that area before people started selling or buying the hides from the natives for a whole lot of money, and Florida got depopulated of deer in a very big way. During the uh, Caucasian native transition period. But that's about when Tate was there. This is this is yeah. many years ago. So he may have been deer hunting. Anyway, he went out there hunting. He got lost, he and his two dogs. 
and he was lost for a full week. Had to drink that nasty black tannin filled. Tannin. It's got to be bitter from all the tannins in it, but I sure wasn't going to taste it to find out. Uh, he got bitten by a snake. Half starved. Got out of the woods a week later. Came upon a homestead. Not his. Didn't know the people there. Introduced himself as, my name's Tate, and I've just come from hell. As we uh, drive north, away from the coast of Florida here, we just passed another creek. And it was a full of cypress swamp. And I'm a biologist, so I'm thinking, cool, cypress swamp. But then I noticed what the locals named it. Dismal Creek. <laughs> oh, man. So that tells you what they thought about trying to make a living in the place. And we're driving through the woods right now. We're driving through the woods. And I'm going to tell you, the woods sounds really, really, really like the answer to a lot of people who don't know the first thing about living in the woods. Now, we're going to preface this by saying, some of you guys are already all puffing up saying, oh, I know what I'm doing. Well, yes, I'm not doubting that you do. But I'm here to make a contention. And my contention is this. Unless going out into the woods and surviving on your own for months at a time without support is your thing right now. If it's your thing and you're already doing it, okay, maybe you, maybe this is a plan for you. Okay, if that's what you do, if that's your thing. But for 99.999% of the people on this planet, it is not their thing. And it's not going to work. Because not only do you have to go out into the woods if this is what your plan is, you have to go out there and compete with all these other people who, A, don't know what they're doing, and B, likely to shoot you on sight as they're out there starving in the woods. This is not a plan. If, if we have a, a, you know, and we all think about the breakdown. There's, there's no other reason to go out in the woods unless there's a, there's a complete breakdown uh, of, societal, uh, of society. Or you're trying to get away from pandemic, which is another reason you might want to do this. But uh, there's going to be one readily available uh, large mammal for the taking out there in the woods. And it ain't a deer. It's on two legs. It's going to be a very dangerous place to meet up with people. And the whole idea of going away and holding up into the woods, just it just, no. Really, it's just not happening. I like my chances of going out on any particular three-day period on my own land right now, I like my chances of actually being able to, to shoot enough meat to keep me alive or keep me in good good for a week or two on any given three-day period right now. And I'm not a master hunter or anything. That's not the hard part. The hard part is the lack of shelter. The hard part is the big game that will really keep provide enough calories to keep people going for a while is going to disappear very, very fast when there's a bunch of hungry people out there who have high-powered rifles and there's no longer a hunting season. 
deer is going to be abundant for about two weeks. And then it's going to be gone. Now, you know, really, when you're talking about going out and hunting, um, I mean, I'm just going to be straight up and honest with you. There's one, there is one four-legged game animal. Well, it's not really a game animal. One four-legged animal that's, that will be um, available to hunt for a while because there's so many of them. And that's some farmer's cattle. Yeah. That's, that's going to be it. Because the deer are pretty much going to be gone. And they're going to go to, the ones that are left are going to go to ground during the day. They're just going to go to ground. The, the they do that during deer will, season now. Dumb ones will die early. And this already happens in deer season. By the third day of deer season, they, you will not see deer. You know, during the daylight hours. So, uh, which brings me back to one of my, one of my suggestions for later on. Um, hunt at night if you're going to be out there. Get night vision scopes or get a infrared and hunt at night because that's when any game that's out will be out. But that's a later on type thing. Now, the main point I want to bring up about the whole concept of going out into the woods and surviving. First of all, I couldn't do it. I could not do it. I would die. I know that, though. Um, Spice couldn't do it. She would die. She would last longer than me. Uh, but she would die. And, you know, we're a lot more country than a lot of people who are considering <laughs> doing this. You know, we, I, I camped a lot when I was a kid. I was a Boy Scout. And our, our thang was caving and camping. We went into caves and did caves. And that's kind of where I got the fascination for caving. Um, and uh, we also camped a lot, like every other weekend. And we did wilderness camping. And we did winter camping. So I know how to do it. And I also know how absolutely miserable it can be to be in a tent in a snowstorm. It's, it's, it can be an absolutely awful time. <laughs> it really can. It sounds like, oh, yeah, well, it's harsh. No, it, it's okay for a weekend, right? But when it's, this is a plan, no. When it's months till spring, it's a whole different deal. The key concept we need to take away in all prepping, if you are prepping for a SD, a stuff hits the fan, SHTF situation, if you're prepping for that, and I did not come up with this, but it's true. This is somebody else's idea, but it is a true idea. The stuff hits the fan is a come-as-you-are disaster. It's not going to wait till good weather. It's not going to wait till uh, spring or fall. It may come in the middle of August. And if you live in the south in the middle of August, this is an issue. If you live in the north and the, and the stuff hits the fan in January, right now, you know, my, my, at my house, it's, you know, five degrees below zero. Are you going out in the winter or the woods in five degrees below zero? Are you ready for that? Do you really think you have the, the preparations to survive that? How much firewood do you think you can collect when everything is under six inches of snow and a layer of ice on top of that from the freezing rain that fell a few days later? Additionally, and not just how much firewood can you collect, 
But additionally, the next question becomes, do you really want the smoke wafting up into the sky from wet wood, which is going to be smokier than all get out? Is this something you're looking for? You know, what are your plans? But we would be using our Kelly kettle, which doesn't make much smoke, and it, it's very, very contained. But you're not getting much warmth out of a Kelly kettle. Yeah, that's fine for making some hot drinks. But it's not. And it would be warm valuable for that, and you can warm up food in it. But that's what it's for. It's not gonna keep you warm. So yeah, I mean, can it's... you even keep a fire going with that much when all the wood is wet? And it's been pouring rain for three days, and it's still pouring rain now. Now, remember, we're talking about, we're not talking about going out to our place. We would, we have shelter at our place. That's one of the reasons we put it up there, so we'd have shelter. Those were the first things we did. Our, our cabin at this point in time is a glorified tent, but it is a very watertight tent. Wind-tight, watertight. Wind-tight, watertight. And that That's dry, about it. dry floor, that's a, a huge floor. deal. You know. So that goes a long way, man. That goes a long way. You can you can survive at, at minus five unheated in a in a shelter like that. Won't be comfortable, but as you long can as survive. you're dry, you got at least a shot at it. You, you you could you just wall up and use your body heat. Yeah, but if you are out in it with a tent or something like that, are you going to be able to stay awake all night to keep the fire going? Because when it's that cold, you can't let the fire go out, which means you have to stay up periodically day and night. You don't have those perfectly sized big chunks of wood. What you mostly got is smaller stuff because, trust me, I've I've, (laughs) I've tried this one. Uh, When all you've got is hand tools, a lot of what you get to burn is the smaller stuff because that's the stuff you can reasonably grab and chop up into usable sized chunks. But you have to keep feeding. It works fine, but you've got to keep feeding the fire. And here's the kicker. This is the one thing that people just do not seem to get when they're talking about living off the land. Again, we're talking this is a come-as-you-are situation. You're going to live off the land, right? Well, you know, oh, yeah, I went out hiking, and I did this for a week, and I was fine. Oh, yeah, I went out. You know, what about those guys up in the up on the Mount Everest and stuff like that? They camp out and... 30 degree below zero with 100 mile an hour winds. Is that, you know, yeah, they do. But they also had a complete team of Sherpas hauling that stuff that they're sleeping (laughs) in up that mountain for them, including all the food, all the water. Took three guys half a day to chop out a flat enough spot that they could lay down their tent and not fall off the side of the mountain. You know, all of that was done for them, right? And you're camping for a week. Yeah, but did you? Did you did you have to go hunting every day to get the food for you to eat? No. You ate the food you brought. And that food you brought is only going to last for a certain amount of time. And if you are wandering through the woods, you're just not carrying very much food. And you're burning it like there's no tomorrow. You are burning calories like it's going out of style if you're out in the woods. Unless Somebody you who is with- shivering hard. Because they're so cold. This is the, the deep cold. You are doing everything you can to keep your body warm. It's still working so far, so you're not actually, you know, in danger of dying of hypothermia just yet. But you're just above that level. When you are that cold and shivering that hard, you are burning uh, 
calories at 70% of your maximum sprint effort rate. That is the same amount of calories it takes to ride a bicycle about 20 miles an hour along a road. And you're not just doing it for an hour or four hours or six hours. You're doing it 24 hours a day. I have calculated how much food it takes to sustain like that, and I personally cannot put that much food in my face. I can't put that much food in my face when I've got nice concentrated food sources. I certainly wouldn't be able to when I had to stick in every kind of calorie I could run across. Because there are a lot of food sources out there, but some of them take a whole lot of preparation and effort. Okay, you may hear a little click here. We're gonna pa- we have to pause the podcast for just a second because we have to go get our supplies. We'll be right back. Part of the uh, come as you are party idea that uh, I wanted to talk about I mean, today. Let's say let's say the stuff had hit the fan today. We are in North Florida, right on the Georgia border. It is 45 degrees outside U.S. temperature, as opposed to civilized temperature that the rest of the world uses. Uncivilized Fahrenheit scale. Uh. Yes. On the heathen scale. It's raining. Uh, And it's supposed to get down to about freezing here tonight. And this is Florida. Now, it's North Florida, to be fair, but it's Florida. Back home, which is where we're heading at the moment, we are talking about uh, last night it got down a a nice balmy minus 15. This is just in the Midwest. We're not talking about the Great White North. We're not talking about our Canadian friends who live where it gets really cold. Okay, every podcast we get an aside. Here's 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 this podcast Here aside because we just have to do it. We love Ontario, Northwest Ontario, Southern Ontario, Central. We, we Ontario is a beautiful place. In July, yeah, we go up there and it's so lovely, and we're starting to think about you know, you know maybe we yeah. could find a way to. Thunder like, Bay, Thunder Bay. Okay, that whole area around Thunder Bay, you know, it's good. they've got the beautiful forest. They've got the the fast running, hard running, clear streams. So they've many got, wildflowers. Oh my gosh, white water everywhere. The uh, the Lake Superior is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. But we have to. We, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be looking at each other. And looking around us, and we're watching. We're watching a guy doing a kayak, kayaking out there on, on this rural mountain stream out in the middle of nowhere. I'm wishing I had my little boat. She's wishing she had her little boat, even though, frankly, she could not be doing what he was doing because he was. This was, he was real good. white water. Uh, yeah. And we're watching him go, and we looked at each other, just turning. At the same time, we just said the same word, July. Because this. When we, or when she, I have to put it in, when she planted spring, our first spring planting of trees last or two years ago, that was the same time they were having their winter uh, athletic events. They have this big winter athletic. Uh, it's it's a 
event. Competition. Competition. Every year. We were planting. And they had to wait for it to warm up enough to have their winter games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you are thinking (laughs) that making it in the woods is going to be your thing, to test this out, I recommend the first thing you do is you, you get the bag of stuff you're planning on using. You take it out there to the woods, the spot you intend to go, in uh, the least advantageous season of the year there. Before you actually go out there, you find the nearest creek, and if it's a uh, fine liquid water, even if you have to uh, break some ice to get it, drop all your junk in it, haul it up out of the water, Dunk yourself in it. Make sure you're thoroughly wet. And then either go back to the car where it's nice and warm. Or or try it from there. Because your stuff's going to get wet. It's going to get torn apart by wind. In some parts of the country, you're going to have to find ways to make sure the critters don't get into it. I'm not just talking bears. Uh, bears are worth your attention Raccoon. because they'll eat you. Yeah. But even in our part of the country, keeping supplies safe from the raccoons is and the quite the challenge when camping. And the skunks. Yeah. Skunks are an issue when camping. You People who don't camp don't realize how much problem a skunk can be. Because I don't care who what are you, you, you going to do with it. You do not want to get skunked. Yep. Getting skunked stinks, literally. They're lovely, gentle creatures. And they'll just wander casually into your camp. Hi, how's it going? I'm going to walk up to your stuff now, okay? Hey, I think I'm going to rummage through this bag here. You don't mind, do you? No, I didn't think you would mind. Thanks so much. Oh, marshmallows, my favorite. I think I'll pull out some of these. Hey, you're starting to make me nervous. My tail's going up into the air. Do we want to go here? We could do this. <laughs> I, I don't mind. More. I, reload. I don't mind the smell of me. I really don't. <laughs> oh, you've decided it's fine that I eat these marshmallows? Good, then. We're both in agreement. Skunks really are like that. <laughs> and, you know, if and even worse, you know, I know so many of you have dogs. Oh, no. This is going to be a bad day. You're... P- Pooch is having a bad... Fido is going to be smelly. Okay? Fido's going to Fido's gonna be smelly. He really is. Because he's not going to put up with no skunk. And he doesn't know what a skunk is. The first time. After they see a skunk and get skunked, they know what a skunk is. They Except don't the generally dumb want ones. more of that. The dumb ones, you got to get scored twice. But, yeah, well. And you can't afford to be spending your precious tomato juice washing your dog. <laughs> Uh, that's a good way to get skunk oil off, by the way. Um, yeah. And here's another thing. You know, you, people, they love their pets. Okay? Are you really going to take your dog to the woods with you? The one you keep inside or on a leash all the time? The one who, you know, you oh, yeah, he's a, yeah. Let me tell you what. Your domesticated dog gets his food from his dish. That's what he knows. He doesn't go hunting for his own food. Well, he might. Well, yeah. And he's going to make a heck of a lot of noise doing it. Unless you have a dog specifically trained for hunting. And trust me, I have many, many, many friends who are outfitters, who have dogs. They, they literally are outfitters. They have dogs 
that are service dogs, that are hunting dogs, specifically bred and trained to do this, and they still don't do what they're supposed to do half the time. There's nothing more fun in my world than watching a good hunting dog do its thing. I love watching a retriever retrieve. I love watching a pointer point. I love watching a bird dog do its thing. Um, get those quail up or get that pheasant up and, and flying. Beautiful to watch. It's, it's a lot of fun. But even still, even the best trained dogs are dogs. And they, have, they do dog things. Squirrel. Squirrel. They really <laughs> they get distracted do. And yeah. they run off. Other dogs distract them a whole lot. Worse, dogs get into a whole lot of medical emergencies when you let them run around in the woods. Especially I, 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 if they're not used to the woods. My friend Doc has a terrible time with that. She is in Arizona at the moment. And she's got some lovely, well-behaved dogs, and she likes to hike with them. But, man, she spends way too much time taking spines out of their paws because they just, you know, they get into stuff. Here, they're getting into burrs, they're getting into, they're getting their uh, eyes scratched by running through brambles, they're tearing their feet up, running over stuff, they're getting into fights with possums and raccoons, because some don't think your dog... Some of which Yeah, some of which are rabid. Not many, but That's some. Uh, frankly, your dog is is going to try and take on that raccoon, and a lot of times raccoons are not shy, retiring creatures. I've seen a raccoon stand up to a car, oh. stand there in the middle of the road, Great. up I, on its hind legs, waving its claws, baring its teeth, hissing loudly, checking behind it, make sure that it was trying to get the kids across the road. So, you know, Dad, Dad came first, and he trundles across, and he sees the car, and he 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 runs out a few feet in front of where the, the row of kids is crossing. Automobile. And he, he stands up. Sit night. <sighs> starts like, threatening and hissing and clawing. And he keeps looking back over his shoulder like, you th- cost yet, kids? This is a big one. Hurry up, guys. This is a big one. And he's making all scary and stuff. It was hilarious to yeah. watch. We're, we're sitting there laughing our butts <laughs> off, looking through the look at this raccoon in the headlights. And he's like, <laughs> "We're scared. I promise you, raccoon. We're scared. You got us. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna stay in the car here, okay?" <laughs> and then the instant mom hustles the last baby raccoon across the road, he darts off after him. He was just protecting him. But if that's against a car, yeah, if a it's car. against a dog. It's go time. Yeah. And the dog say, might end up the raccoon for dinner, big. but yeah. And you think, oh, yeah, well, my dog could Yeah, but then she's coming, too. You know what I'm saying? They, they, I've seen raccoons get real aggressive. So you suppose your dog wins, and you've got raccoon for dinner. Yay. You've also got a torn-up dog. And you've got a big chance of infection. And you've got some dogs that can't even... Some dogs will actually sunburn in strong sunlight. The the light-skinned dogs with the short hair, sometimes they'll have sunburn problems. There's just a lot, and who knows what they're eating. Expect digestive troubles. It's a problem, guys. It's not... They're not wolves any more than you are your Paleolithic ancestors who knew how to do this stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. We go back to Tate. Tate knew what he was doing. Tate lived in this world. He went out there to hunt on purpose with his dogs. Who ran off. <laughs> you know? That's 
that's what we're saying about dogs. And these are hunting dogs, I'm sure. And Tate knew what he was doing, and still he got out there and he got lost. And couldn't find food and couldn't find decent water and got bitten by a snake. And The only thing, I guess, good for Tate, and it wasn't really that good for him, is that now he's got a whole region named after him. <laughs> so people have heard of, nobody's heard of the people, of the farmers who he... Who rescued him. Who rescued him. But they all know who Tate was. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. So, I'll, you know, the, the whole point here is if you are one of these people who thinks that going to the woods is the answer to what am I going to do if... I'd like you to take a real serious rethink on that. And it's not like I'm trying to say you're not, you couldn't live in the woods because I don't know you. You might be able to. I couldn't live in the woods. I'd make it on my own land for a while. I'm, I'm, and we're not talking, this is different though. We're yeah. not talking about going to our own land where we have made preps. And not only where I've made preps, but I know what the food sources are, and, and I know, know the where the food sources and, you know. are, and yeah, yeah, not that. I, mean, some I know people, where to get that's out. That's not of what it. I'm talking about. Some people think they're going to the woods, just the generic the woods. Okay, the the woods somewhere, like it's it like the woods is a particular place, or even better, they've picked out a place like in a state forest. Well, I'll be the only one out there. Yeah, well, so will about another 100,000 people. Because lots of people will be going to the woods. You know, and then you've got the whole, how are you going to get to the woods? And what are you going to do on the road to the woods? Where all these other people are going to the woods. And they don't have any more plan than Adam. Okay? This is not... A convention of Noahs who have already built an ark here. This is not what we're talking about. That won't be most of them. You know. Most of them will be guys who had an old gun sitting around the house and figured they could go out and shoot something that was, was better than sitting at home with an empty cabinet. That's not a plan. I don't know what your plan is, but that isn't one of them. Remembering you fished here and caught your own lunch. Once upon a time is not the same thing of having to do it for months on end. Yeah, even us. We've got a stocked pond, right? But we could fish that pond out in a heck of a hurry. There's not that many fish in that pond. It's like lakes. There's not that many fish in the lake. Not when people start fishing it heavily. Lakes will get fished out quickly. Yeah. There was no deer hunting in Missouri for decades before they put in the hunting regulations. When it was free hunting, everybody could hunt the deer on their own land whenever they felt like it, hunted them almost to extinction. Not quite to extinction, but to uselessness as a reliable food source. And Missouri is such prime deer habitat that that's pretty astounding, you know? So, anyway, I think we'll wrap this. We said what we wanted to say? I like the woods, but me going out there with a loincloth trying to play survivalist, it's a bad plan. I don't know, like, Kind of sounds. Yeah. <laughs>
Drive, we, drive. We, we haven't even gotten into the whole insect question here. Know, More people died of malaria. Loincloth, really? Around uh, Washington, D.C. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> totally distracted. Uh, men are pigs. <laughs> this is a, I'm, yes, I'm glad we, I can distract you. But. We, we must. I will admit it. Men are pigs. I'm a guy. I, I admit it. I'm a, and sometimes men, there's just too much dog in a man. What can you say? Anyway. <laughs> Pipe dreams are not a plan. They're not a prep. Yeah. Come up with a better idea. Having some skills you can get from one place to another, that's a plan. That's a prep. Having places that you can go pre-prepared with, uh, let's say, for example, you have a family you can go to where they have preps, you have preps, and you can each go to each other's place in time of emergency. That is a plan. That's a prep. Getting something set up in a rural community, um, which you could do with a very low cost, that is a plan. And we're going to do a podcast on that fairly soon about the hidden super secret prepper, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what idea you're going for. I can't help you here. <laughs> uh, retreat. Retreat, that's right. The, the super secret prepper retreat. Well, there was a load of uh, guys who were mudding. They're driving back to town in this <laughs> rain. Yeah. And I just saw that there's like a flatbed with three Jeeps on it. And the other lane over here is covered in mud that's been washing off of those mudders. <laughs> okay, we're going to wrap this up. So, till next time. Have a good plan. Bye-bye now. <laughs>